Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. Hundreds of local businesses are trying to figure out what new federal COVID mandates will mean. Last week, President Biden outlined new executive orders, including guidelines affecting businesses with more than 100 employees. The federal government will require all of those companies to have workers show proof they're vaccinated or show a weekly negative COVID test to come into work. A lot of them simply don't know yet. I called more than a dozen companies that fit into that 100 employees or more category and they all either didn't get back to me or said they weren't ready to talk about this yet because they're still busy formulating their plan. Uh, you know, what I've heard so far from folks is kind of a mixed bag. The president and CEO of the South Bend Regional Chamber of Commerce says some local companies are upset over the mandate, worried about the cost of testing for employees that don't want a COVID shot. Others have been wanting to mandate vaccines, but worried that because of a labor shortage, it would cause their workers to leave or dissuade potential future employees. But talking to folks and they say, you know, like COVID could shut down my line or a COVID mandate where a bunch of my employers le- employees left could also shut down my line. And so they were kind of carefully balancing, you know, those two things. Ray says the federal rules, even the playing field, and now the thought of losing an employee to a business across the street isn't an issue. That many of them felt um, relieved a little bit, like uh, like the federal government will be the bad guy, right, instead of them. Uh, you know, that like, I don't want to do this, but the federal government is telling me I have to do it and I can get fined if I don't. St. Joseph County's health department won't be in charge of enforcing any of the rules. That's up to the feds, but they do monitor local testing data and say right now it can take one or two days just to get an appointment for a test if you're showing symptoms. And there's not enough public sites to accommodate a massive wave of surveillance testing. But most businesses don't have that kind of infrastructure in place. So I expect that we'll see companies pop up to say, yes, we can provide this service. And I expect that that's what will happen, but it's not currently available to my knowledge in our community. He says places like Urgent Cares are trying to ramp up testing capacity, but short staffing is holding them back, too. Indiana's attorney general and several others are threatening lawsuits and challenges to the new rules, which could cause even more confusion for local business. But the Chamber of Commerce says that a lot of businesses are working on getting their plans out right now for that testing and vaccines, not waiting for any potential legal battles to play out. WSBT 22, Selena Guevara reporting. Fake vaccine passports are out there, but there are legal ramifications to using them. Instances throughout the country have already started to pop up where people are being arrested for trying to use a forged vaccine card. South Bend Police and St. Joseph County Prosecutor's Office say at this point, there haven't been any reports. It's not on our radar at all. While there are no current reports, Chief Deputy Prosecutor Eric Tamaszewski says it's illegal. People who make documents that look like they were made by someone else, whether it's the CDC or a pharmacist, 
could run afoul of that statute depending upon the facts. And that's a level six felony in Indiana. That could carry a prison sentence of six months to two and a half years. The law would take it very seriously if folks began to manufacture their own documentation for anything, whether it's vaccinations or printing United States currency. The law looks at forging both of those as basically the same. President Biden announced last week that people who work for businesses with more than 100 employees need to be vaccinated or face weekly COVID testing. Tamashevsky says if more requirements are made, it could push people to forge a passport. The more incentives that exist to compel people to attempt to show up with documentation to uh, obtain access to events or to educational opportunities or to job prospects, I think any time that changes, the incentives change, and if the incentives change, there may well be more people who are tempted to do that. A few places in the area are already requiring proof. Ben Yoga in South Bend, the REO Speedwagon concert at Elkhart's Learner Theater, and the South Bend Civic Theater. Everybody wears a mask, but then it's either a negative test within 72 hours or the actual vaccine card being shown to one of our uh, front of house staff. Executive Director Aaron Nichols says last weekend was their first indoor performance since the pandemic started. Changing the policy, he says, is to protect everyone in attendance. They have to trust that the people on their right and left are telling the truth. Now with our new policy, we feel like we're taking that honor system away and really doing our best to ensure that we're protecting them. Nichols says identifying fake vaccine cards would be nearly impossible. They're looking at a card, <laughs> making sure it looks like it's supposed to, and letting the person in. Um, other than that, I think it's, it's, it would be too hard to, to manage. Tamashevsky and a spokesperson for South Bend Police say, although there are no reports or active investigations into catching forgers, they say any cases will be taken seriously. WSVT 22's DJ Manu reporting. Neighbors around the West Washington Street house party where a shooting occurred last weekend are concerned at the escalation of violence. The student, who wishes to keep his identity private, says everyone scattered after multiple gunshots were fired. He says he was on the front porch when he ran to the victim, who was lying in the front hall doorway, but only caught a glimpse of the suspected gunman. He said it all happened so fast. The Holy Cross student told me, quote, there was blood everywhere. He told me a couple people were likely at the party in the 800 block of East Washington. Next door neighbors say the shooting was their tipping point. They've got this, this, uh, this, this sense, this policy that if it's off campus, it's not our problem. The Costellos have lived on the side street of East Washington for 25 years. They installed air conditioning upstairs so they can close all the windows, even on a nice evening. And they seem to want everybody to think that, well, once they're off campus, they're citizens of South Bend. But they don't pay property tax, for one thing. Uh, they don't vote here. They don't really care. The couple says they want Notre Dame and Holy Cross campus police to come out to monitor the parties. Another neighbor says she and her family have noticed a growing number of outside people coming to the area just for the parties. He was like, were you just coming from the party? Are you a college student? Most of them said yes, but a lot said no. They were like, no, I was just passing by. And it was like, oh. Okay. Cruz says she doesn't mind the noise or the trash the next day, but wants her neighbors to be more alert about who they are letting in. I'm not going to let somebody I don't know in my house. Like, if I haven't seen your face before, you're not coming in my house. Maybe, like, get that more on control. Don't just be like, oh, hey, yeah, come on, it's fine. Just join us.
WSBT knocked on the houses that share the same backyard as 821 East Washington, but very few answered and did not want to speak. We went from complaining about the litter and the vomiting and the public urination and the foul language to now we have loss of life. Now, now we have escalated. The victim in this shooting is identified as 24-year-old Montel O'Neill. The St. Joseph County Metro Homicide Unit has interviewed several witnesses. Right now, no one has been arrested. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Local businesses are concerned about a next-door motel that's giving the homeless a place to stay. The St. Joseph County Council has renewed funding for the Motels for Now program for another six months. The program aims to provide housing, food, and mental health services to the homeless. But some neighbors say that's not enough for them to want the shelter to stay. Neighboring businesses are not opposed to motels for now mission to help house homeless people, but some say they're upset about the increase in trash, vandalism, and overall loitering. Mark Zaley's store, The Dugout, sits across the street from the motel. He doesn't think the homeless shelter plan is enough. Zaley says he wants the residents to move to a medical facility to get proper substance abuse treatment. You're just enabling them by giving them a place to live, and they're doing the same thing that they do every day. He says his business hasn't been vandalized, but notices more trash and loiterers outside his shop. Kuldi Narula, an outreach staff member for Motels for Now, says he and his team have gone around the neighborhood to hear concerns. Those who are unhappy think that their presence have deterred their customer, um, that their customer feel a bit scared about their presence. Um, but all of them feel that these problems can be tackled like when we work together with our uh, business neighborhood. He also said the shelter talks with its residents about how to properly interact with its neighbors. Zealy's confirmed someone from Motels for Now has reached out to him. Meantime, another neighbor shares some of the same concerns. If, if they're going to belong to these programs, they have to put some consequences. If you don't follow the rules, you're out. I mean, you have to respect the neighborhood, the businesses who's been here for a long time. We were still in conversation with other entities to better coordinate the transition process. But we are hopeful that, you know, people would think that this is a uh, this is a worthy program uh, which has brought some, some quantifiable, you know, uh, results. The motel is at full capacity, housing 120 residents. Nurula told me that there are more than 250 people on the waiting list. Once again, WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. A new tool designed to track down tax evaders also raises privacy concerns, according to financial institutions. The Wall Street Journal reports Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and the IRS are pushing lawmakers to expand tax reporting requirements. A state bank advocacy group says the proposal could affect nearly every bank account holder. A spokesman for the Indiana Bankers Association gave me this example of its potential impact. He says a medium-sized Indiana bank that reported 768 transactions to the government in 2020 would, under this proposal, have to report more than 7 million transactions. It's an impact on the customers um, and the consumers. I mean, it's you know there is a fundamental... Uh, uh, element here of privacy. Dax Denton with the Indiana Bankers Association, an advocacy group, says banks are against a proposed law that expands tax reporting requirements. It's part of President Biden's $3.5 trillion spending plan that Democrats are looking to pass. Denton says no one has actually seen the proposal yet, 
but banks think it will require them to report any account that has deposits or withdrawals of $600 or more a year. Denton says it will be costly for banks, raise the cost of tax preparation for small businesses, and create security concerns for bank customers. I think it's going to impact every local community in Indiana and your local community on a, on a pretty significant scale. I, again, I don't think there's any customer that has an account at a, at a credit union or financial institution, for that matter, you know, bank or credit union, that isn't going to be touched by this $600 proposal. A concern echoed by South Bend-based First Source Bank President Andrea Short. She sent a letter to First Source Bank customers that lawmakers intend to close loopholes on the wealthy, but will end up collecting information from nearly every account in the United States, a security issue that concerns Denton. Banks are the gold standard for uh, for data security, for secure information, and to provide it to the government, you know, there's probably more access to to having cyber attacks, you know, IRS is continually hit with cyber attacks. Um, and so we want to protect that information. And the best place to protect that information is in financial institutions, not to provide that to the federal government. Denton says financial institutions are supportive of closing tax loopholes, but having the IRS collect this amount of data is unwarranted. WSBT 22's Ronnie Das reporting. Last weekend, Notre Dame announced plans to be carbon neutral by 2050. Ronnie Das also looked into this story. They're trying to bridge the gap on political differences where that's concerned too. Tonight's forum spelled out an aggressive plan for the university that includes the state's largest collection of green roofs and many other carbon neutral projects. I'm really pleased to tell you that Notre Dame is on the path to carbon neutrality by 2050. Notre Dame will reduce carbon dioxide by 65% of 2005 levels in the next nine years. In less than 30 years, it will release the same amount of carbon dioxide as it creates. As the university grows, it hopes conserving resources and using renewable energy helps address climate issues. Today's forum is less than a week after Pope Francis issued a statement about climate change. Ann Thompson read part of it while hosting. Today's children and teenagers will face catastrophic consequences unless we take responsibility now as fellow workers with God. Thompson spoke with Senator Chris Coons, a Democrat who talked about how he is working across the aisle with Republican Senator Mike Braun. I was pleasantly surprised that this very conservative, business-oriented Republican from southern Indiana, the part that still mines coal, was even interested in talking about climate change. He says finding solutions to address climate change is important to both of them. At the end of the day, he had the same answer that I did. It's important to my children. It's important to my grandchildren. It's important to creation. Beyond policy, Senator Kuhn said children have the power to make changes. How can students have an impact, research and serve and engage, but push your institutions and push your parents? <laughs> the university will plant two trees in honor of Ann Thompson and U.S. Senator Chris Coons for being part of today's forum. Both are Notre Dame alumni, and the university president hopes the trees will encourage the former students to visit the campus more often. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. 
Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 